Blog Talk Radio. Hey there, and welcome to Rock the Next Stage with Dory Staley, where you will hear 30 minutes of tips, musings, and motivation for the music community. I've got a little tune playing now called Pick Me Up by Joy Ike, and she's a former podcast guest. We'll play a little bit more of that later. So today, I'm filling in because my guest is on the road. So you get to hear some information about 10 ways to stall or even sabotage your music career. Now, in the past 16 years that I've been in the music business, I own Rock the Next Stage, which is mentoring and coaching, Next Stage Entertainment, which is booking and management for select artists, and Next Stage Drumming, which is me. I'm a drum chick. So in the past 16 years, I have found, groomed, and booked over 900 local young bands and many solo artists. And I have screened probably thousands of bands as well. So there have been many that I've chosen not to work with. (laughs) And you'll see some of those reasons in a few minutes. Now, listen up because I'm going to keep it real here. This is going to be a little tongue-in-cheek but you might see yourselves in some of these mistakes. I've seen everything from band drama to gig blunders to lack of strategy and everything in between. So get ready for some tips and some tough love. These are in no particular order, but I'm trying to think of what I usually see in a certain progression. When I first meet a band, I often see band member mismatch. That's number one. Now, that would apply to all skill levels, styles, personalities, work ethic, etc. You know, when you meet someone in a band who's really driven and the rest of them are like, yeah, whatever, or, and this happens often, when the lead singer, and usually he's usually, or she, is a guitarist as well, and that person is really, really good and they're super talented, but the band members aren't quite at the same level. So then I have to find an appropriate time to tell that person, dude, I'm sorry, i got to keep it real here. You are awesome, and I would love to put you in a band with other musicians because these guys are going to hold you back. Somebody's got to say it because depending on your goals, if you really want to move forward and have higher level gigs, then you might have to take a look at who you're playing with and if they are really... uh, going to help you or hurt you in the long run. Number two would be a lack of organization. Ah, yes. This might be the group that has no band meetings, no attention to detail. Oh, yeah, when was that gig again? I can't tell you how many times I've emailed bands back and forth, and half of them don't even remember the details. Um, Kind of important to pay attention to that. Maybe you don't follow up with booking agents, managers, or event organizers. Imagine how frustrating that is for those people who are trying to book you, right? Because we need a confirmation, and if you can't confirm in a timely manner, we're going to move on to the next person. So that will stall your career in a heartbeat because you'll be missing out on gigs and opportunities. Maybe you don't even have a practice schedule and you don't set any goals. You're just kind of winging it. (laughs) Have I hit a nerve yet? How about number three? 
you're avoiding the business side. Yes, I know, you're playing because you love it and it's fun. I get that. It should be fun, right? But if you're not watching your finances and if you have no knowledge of marketing, social media, or taxes, it's going to catch up with you, my friends. I did have a podcast guest by the name of Michelle Cord, and she's local here. I'm in the Raleigh, North Carolina area, by the way. But she can also work virtually, and she helps both business owners and entrepreneurs and also musicians and other people that I send her to help them get a handle on all that. Because once you form a band and you're taking this seriously, or even as a solo artist, you are a business. So you need to figure out, do you file as an LLC or you incorporate yourself in some way? What needs to be trademarked and copyrighted? Definitely your songs need to be copyrighted. And you also need to have a handle on who's going to do the social media. You've got to divvy up those tasks. You can't leave it just to one person because it gets kind of complicated and somebody's going to drop the ball. Oh, and also you got to have a handle on how much you're making, you know. I can't tell you how many bands have no idea when they book themselves, that is. They have no idea. What's the gig paying? I don't know. How much did you, did you make at the end of the night? I don't know. It's like, how could you not know? Or or their their cash drawer, you know, when they're, when they're bringing a cash box for their merch. What did you start the, the cash box with? I don't know. So you have no idea what you sold or how much money you made and how much inventory you just got rid of. Nope. Awesome. So anyway, I've got an MBA in finance. I'm sorry. Some of this stuff really bugs me. But if you don't pay attention to the business side and, you know, your social media and your marketing and all that, a way to increase your fans and your income, I mean, seriously, you've got to have an idea. Somebody in your band, chances are, is good at that stuff. So don't try to do everything. Find that person and delegate. Number four, you don't bother to hone your skills. No, you don't learn to add. To learn anything new, you don't add anything new. Same set every single time. Um, you're not improving your skills at all. Uh, if I'm going out to see you over a period of time, I need to see some growth. So you need to be working on your stage presence, your songwriting ability, as far as keeping that set tight and everything, and your musicianship. So if you have little or, or no practice and you just kind of show up to gigs, that's going to show. Very few people can pull that off. Well, yeah, if you've been a band, you've been playing together for years and years, it probably comes second nature, but you still need to practice. Even like super advanced pros practice. So, yeah, you've got to hone your skills. Make sure your vocal chops are where they need to be. You know, use it or lose it. You've got to make sure that uh, you're doing your scales and things like that, and working on your proje- your projection and your enunciation. <laughs> I can't believe I messed that up. And and make sure that your musicianship is where it needs to be. If it's mediocre and you just kind of cruise and yeah, that's not good. You don't. Uh, oh, you might be the type of band that doesn't bother to sign up for any workshops or conferences because well, yeah, you know everything, right? How's that working for you? <laughs> you should be out there looking into other opportunities for learning and growth, whether it's a conference, coaching, uh, reading articles and books, things like that, listening to podcasts like this one. You've got to invest the time if you want to succeed and move forward. 
How about this one, number five, no knowledge of branding. Yes, I can usually tell that right away with both entrepreneurs that I coach because I do some business coaching for them as well and with musicians. So, yeah, you might have an awful website and logo. Maybe it's really dated, you know, black background with white font, oh, so very 90s. Your unprofessional or lame photos are really popping out because, you know, you just didn't bother to hire a professional photographer or, you know, somebody in the family who's really good at it. Oh, you have no social media banners. You haven't bothered to put any information in your profile on any of your social media platforms. You know, why should you give people who want to book you any additional information? Yeah, leave all that stuff off and see how that works. (laughs) So you haven't adapted a personal style at all. Yeah, I know. A lot of people balk at this one and think, oh, I don't want to put myself in a box. I don't want to pigeonhole myself. So you're trying to be everything to everyone, right? And these are the types of bands and solo artists that can't really decide on their genre. So we're just going to play everything and mix it all together. And that's okay if you're a cover band, you know. But even if you're a cover band, gosh, you know, you still have something that you're known for. And that could really help you get hired, believe me, because people are looking for certain styles or certain types of bands or solo artists. So, yeah, you know, you're out there, but you haven't developed a personal style, a look, or a cause. No, you don't all have to have matching outfits, but you should look professional. Please don't show up to a gig looking like you just rolled out of bed because that reflects on the person who booked you, if you're using a booking agent or a manager or, you know, there's another company involved here, you're representing them. If they put their neck on the line to promote you and talk you up, you want to at least take it seriously. So other other mistakes could be that you don't realize the importance of being on brand, both online and off. What does that mean? Well, that's the type of person who doesn't realize that everybody can see whatever you post, right? So you want to make sure that you're not throwing stuff out there that's going to be a huge turnoff to people who might book you or fans. Yes, you know, a lot of people are outspoken. I get that. But you want to make sure that, you know, it jives. If you say you're a Christian band, for example, okay, now I'm calling out the Christian band, and you post something that's anything but, you know, come on. If you're going to walk the walk, you better talk the talk. So you guys give me a tough love here. All right. So I'll take any calls if anybody wants to call in, by the way. And I can answer some questions. If not, I'm moving on to number six. Weak songwriting skills. Ouch. I'm sorry. But there's a lot of people out there who are writing Songs that are like poetry, and I've had many podcast guests, okay, several, including William Simkus and others who have spoken about the importance of songwriting. I've had a couple of guys from Nashville, too, that, you know, look up the previous podcast. If you go to my website, rockthenextstage.com, and go to the podcast tab and click it, there's a whole bunch of listings of the replays of the different people who have spoken about the importance of songwriting. You know, you've got to make it pop. You've got to make it stand out. There's too many people out there who are writing songs that are more like poems. It's great as a poem, but it's not working. 
it's either going on and on or it just isn't broken out in any way because they never learned anything about music theory. They don't know about different tips and techniques to make songwriting or your tunes more appealing. They don't know what's marketable. So they're kind of just throwing stuff out there and they don't realize, oh man, it's so generic. Have you heard of the 30-second rule, by the way? (laughs) It still applies today. That's when those of us who are listening to your songs, we really only give it about 30 seconds to see if it's going to catch our interest. And if it doesn't, very few people, music supervisors, things like that, very few people will listen to the entire tune waiting for something to grab their interest or something that pops. So keep that in mind. You want to be able to grab people's attention right out of the gate. So if you don't have any catchy hooks, your tunes are poorly arranged, or they don't have anything that merely makes them stand out, if they're boring, repetitive, and lack originality, you know, it sounds like everything else out there, or maybe you're copying your influences way too much, That's the number one reason why people don't get placements. A placement deal is when you submit your songs for either uh, a TV show, for example, a commercial, a video game, something like that, and you're wondering, well, geez, I thought it was a good tune. How come they ripped it apart? Or, you know, I didn't get any any calls or emails back. That's because it didn't stand out. Boring tunes can also cause you to lose fans and not get record label or media attention. If they all sound the same, it's not going to sustain you for very long. We all know of bands back in the 90s and even today where, you know, they're using the same chords and all their songs sound the same, same tempo. It can almost be the same tune, right, but just different lyrics thrown in. All righty, number seven. Being a diva, all right, I'm sorry, but, you know, I used to work with a lot of young bands who would cop an attitude, and I would say, hey, you haven't been around long enough to get to that point. So young or old, if you're, you know, just starting out and you're trying to get someone to book you, whether it's a venue owner, a booking agent, a festival organizer, whatever, and you're copping an attitude right from the get-go, that's going to really create a very sticky situation for you for two reasons. Number one, this person is now thinking, oh, man, these guys are going to be really hard to work with. And number two, if they do book you and then you you cause some drama at the show, they're not going to ask you back. You may or may not even get paid what you were promised, depending on how strong your contract is if you had one. But, yeah, you don't want to be the type of band that is virtually unknown, but yet you are out there asking for things like, you know, two cases of some brand name beer or, by the way, a lot of people don't even provide that for liability reasons. Or, you, you know, the Van Halen thing, you want a bowl of M&Ms in the dressing room with the brand ones picked out or something. <laughs> by the way, they did that, so the story goes, to make sure people were reading their contracts. Until you get to that level, you can't pull that kind of stuff. It also includes showing up late. Because you think you're all that, ah, I don't have to check in an hour and a half early. I'll just show up right before I go on, right? That doesn't work either. Other uh, signs of being a diva is you forget to thank people and show love to those who helped you or supported you. 
These include managers, agents, venue owners, sound guys, and other artists on the bill, as well as your fans. You know, you just hop on and you hop off the stage, and they don't bother to mention anybody. So, yeah, the little act of being nice really goes a long way. So show some love. All right. Take a quick sip of water. How are we doing? How many of these have you made or you've probably seen bands who have, right? All right. How about number eight, lack of confidence. This can derail a lot of bands and solo artists, even those who have gotten signed and they're on their way and they're making a big name for themselves. It's something that is so pervasive that even singers like Adele get stage fright. So, you know, it's, if this is happening to you before you go on stage, know that you're not alone. But if you start comparing yourself to others and then you start doubting or discounting your abilities, oh, man, that can really stall your career. This is the type of person who starts getting themselves out there, either a solo artist or a band. You start getting some shows. You're building a buzz, right? People are starting to be attracted to you. Maybe you have some CDs out there they're buying and all. And they're really getting into your band and talking you up. But you decide that this is either going going too fast for you or maybe it's just not what you expected and you could get burnt out by a few bad gigs or something. Or you just start to think, man, I don't know if I'm all that good. So you start feeling what they call the imposter syndrome when you take the stage. You don't believe that you're really good, despite the fact that people (laughs) tell you all the time that you are. Well, it's one thing if your parents and your friends will tell you, they'll always say you're good. But if you hear it a lot from other people, accept it and embrace it. Don't second-guess yourself, because that will really prevent you from using your talents in a way that you were supposed to use them. You're supposed to get out there and use your talents to bless others. That's my opinion. If you don't understand your gifts and your purpose, then you really start to put yourself in a really bad place. And this is where other things start to kick in, from addictions to depression, and I'll get to that some more in a little bit. And it's really, really sad to see because I see numerous people who are so stinking good and either they don't know it or they just decide to kind of put everything on the shelf for a while. They don't bother to write more songs, for example, or whatever, and they don't want to get out there. I can't book them anymore, and it breaks my heart because I know that they could really take off. But they decide, no, I'm just not ready. Ah, killer. Anyway, get off that soapbox for a minute. But this may, you know, may cause you to second-guess yourself. It also can cause you to switch things up too many times. Let's, let's go there for a minute, shall we? These are the bands that just can't decide on their style because they're not quite sure. They, they haven't claimed their talent, you know, and, and they don't realize, dude, this is your wheelhouse. Stay there for a while. Nah, they, they've got to be starting and stopping and, oh, let's try this style. Let's switch our band name three times. Yeah, that will really, really help you lose steam quickly because 
you just built a fan base, and now people can't find you because you have a different name. Just saying. So be careful not to be going back and forth too many times. That's why it's important to do a lot of planning before you even launch your music career or business or anything. If we have any business owners listening in, but you never know. Do some planning, build a foundation, and have a strategy. That way you're not winging it. All righty, moving on to number nine. You're not getting any help. You don't delegate or hire people to help you with the stuff you don't have time for or, let's face it, you suck at. So you keep trying to do it yourself and trying to make it work. Now keep in mind, if you're not good at something like, say, web design or social media, chances are it's going to take you 10 times as long to do it as somebody who's really good at it. So if you think you're saving money, how much is your time worth? You know, think about it. I've hired virtual assistants for different projects and things that, yes, I know I could do, but it would take me a lot longer to do than, than they can. So it's worth it to me to delegate that task and have somebody else handle it for me so I can focus on other things that I should be focusing on. So, yeah, you're not even giving tasks to people in your band because you got that whole control freak thing going on and heaven forbid you should allow somebody else to say, you know, give them a, you know, a, state, a sense of importance and, and the feeling that they count and they're using their other talents as well. Let's face it, most of us, most creative types have more than one talent. So I know a lot of musicians and singers that also do other things. And so sometimes I'll refer them to other people. Oh, hey, you know, you need a web guy? I got one. Or you need a web design, um, graphic designer or a photographer? I got people. So, yeah, don't take it all on yourself. Not getting help also applies to any anxiety or depression issues that might be creeping in. How many singers and musicians that you heard of that kept going, they kept getting out there, and they kept hiding what was going on inside it. You know, fake it till you make it, baby, right? Don't fake it. If something's going on, tell somebody. If you need help, reach out. Don't keep hiding it and pretending it doesn't exist. The same goes for addictions. Oh, yes, I'm going there. If you're in the studio all by myself, it's like <laughs> no problem. We're going to take a, a little bit serious turn here because I've seen this way too often. People who are on the road, they're making money, they're having a blast. But guess what? Suddenly they're offered loads of booze or drugs or whatever else on the road and they just feel like, hey, what the heck, it's here, right? Until they realize that it's taken hold of them and they've kind of lost control. Is that going to affect your career? Yep. Could it affect your relationship with your band members, your family, your friends? You bet. Can it also affect your bookings? Yep. If I see a, a band, and <laughs> oh, we are not going to mention any names here, but one just popped into my head, that, you know, you see a band that shows up drunk and it's 3.30 in the afternoon, and you're like, what the heck? How am I going to put you on stage now? And they've been drinking all day. And they're continuing, you know, before their, their set time. How are, you, how are you going to get on stage and do a good show? You've seen people who've taken the stage and they're two sheets to the wind, right? And they either trip up or they fall off the stone and embarrass yourself. And if you're starting to, to lose control of all that, 
then you need to take a serious look at what you're doing. Just saying. So find some manageable solutions or you can watch everything slip away. That's the ultimate band mom's tip for you. <laughs> Don't call me that for nothing. I, I do care about the people I work with, and I will give them tough love when needed. And I also watch their backs so they don't get ripped off. I've got a very, very diverse background, so you never know what hat I might put on at any given day. And what includes counseling, so there you go. <laughs> and if they need to drum it out, we'll do that too. I do use drumming, believe it or not. Uh, therapeutic drumming is what it's called, and it can be used for anxiety, depression, PTSD, and all kinds of other issues. And sometimes we just need to drum it out. So think about that. Number 10, last but not least. Again, I could have put in so many more in here, but limiting it to 10 was really tough. Number 10, you don't understand your value. You take any gig you can get, causing you to work for free or next to nothing for it. Wait for it. The exposure, right? How many of us have fallen for that ploy, right? Oh, well, I can't afford to pay the band, but hey, just think of the exposure. This is a really big festival. We'll have 150,000 people there. And I always say, you're not going to have 150,000 people in front of the band <laughs> the time that they're playing. So it doesn't matter that you know they claim to have all these people coming and going. You're still going to have to do promotion. You're still going to have to practice for the gig. You're still going to have to spend time loading up your car and many cars and vans and things. And, of course, the time spent performing and sharing your talent. That's worth something. So just be careful with that. It's okay to do a benefit concert every once in a while, especially if it's a cause that you believe in. Don't get me wrong. But if you're constantly playing for free or next to nothing, it's going to be really hard for you to move forward because guess what? Now you're known as the cheap band or the cheap solo artist. And you not only ruin it for yourself because it's really hard to raise your prices when you start out super low, but you're ruining it for other bands in your area because now venue owners and festival owners are going to think, well, you know, why should I book this other band door? Well, your bands are so expensive. Yeah, because they're really good. <laughs> they're polished and they're professional and they're worth it. When I could, you know, get a jukebox in here or whatever, you know, like that's going to bring people out, number one. Or they'll say, well, you know, I know other people that will do it for 150 bucks for the whole band. Really? For how long? Are you kidding me? Well, have at it because you know what? I always tell them, you get what you pay for. If you want quality, you got to pay for it. If you want somebody who's professional and experienced who's been doing this for a while, that's worth something. So, yeah, just keep that in mind. You've got to know how much you bring to the table. So otherwise you won't know how to negotiate. This will cause you to feel frustrated, broke, and eventually really bitter. Oh, yeah, I see a lot of bitter, snarky comments, especially on Facebook with all these bands that have you know, bang their head against the wall and they've gotten burnt out. You know why? Because they didn't take advantage of people out there that could help them. They didn't take advantage of any tips. They didn't bother to learn what they needed to learn. So, yeah. So when you get into that whole scenario, you get start beating yourself up, right? And you start thinking, oh, man, this isn't working. This really isn't working. And you start thinking, well, you know, maybe your parents were right all along. You decided you really can't make it in the music industry. So you quit. You throw in the towel. 
and the amazing gifts that are inside of you get locked back up and tucked away. Is that what you really want? So those were my top 10 tips for today. If you really are serious about your music career and you want to move forward, let's talk. You can find me at rockthenextstage.com. You can shoot me an email at dory, D-O-R-I, at rockthenextstage.com. Or, you know, we can chat. I'll give a 30-minute free consult via phone, Skype, or Zoom if you just want to talk about your goals and how you want to move forward. Another option is my new program. Yep, sorry, here comes the shameless plug. But, hey, I created it to help you guys. Might as well pitch it. It's called the Musician's Success Formula. It's a six-week video training program, everything from soup to nuts, booking management, uh, contracts, negotiation tips, branding, marketing, social media, boosting your fan base, building a buzz, uh, creating multiple streams of income, and how to grow and sustain your music career so you can get out there and consistently make money doing what you love. Keeping it at a very ridiculously low price is 297 being very transparent here. I hate when people make the guess and click a 1,000 links. So 297 bucks divided by six weeks equals $7 a day. That's like going to Starbucks. Anyway, if you're interested in that, that's a way to do this long distance. Not everyone can afford to work with me privately, and quite frankly, I don't have the time to work with hundreds of people privately. I just don't because I'm also out there performing and drumming and doing lots of guest speaking and other stuff. So anyway, I thought this would be a, a cool way to make my 16 years of music business knowledge available to the masses. So you can go to Rock the Next Stage and check the link that says Musician Success Formula, and you can find all out all about that. I also have a book on Amazon for all you super DIYers. For 15 bucks, you can learn about how to create and sustain your career. It's called Find Your Divine Rhythm, a Creative Success Formula, and it's on Amazon. It's also an e-form as well if you have a Kindle or you, know, you, you want to read it online. So there you go, loads of info. I hope this helped you today. And if you need anything, let me know. I've got people, okay? I'm also going to be having uh, some slots open for any future podcast guests if you'd like to appear on here and you've got some experience, some tips, and some stories to share, any of the above combination, let me know. Till next time, folks. This is Dory signing and you guys keep on rocking. Joy Ike again picked me up. She just raised over 30,000 bucks on Kickstarter for her next CD. So go out and show us who else. See you next Wednesday. Bye for now. Like this.